Welcome to The Vent Room, where respiratory therapists can come and get a little inspiration. I'm your host, Dr. Tabitha Dragonberry. Welcome to The Vent Room, and this week we're talking to Sharman Lampka, the president of the FACES Foundation. I'm excited to have her on so she can talk to you about the foundation and how they celebrate respiratory therapists. Sharman, I know you've been busy recently celebrating Respiratory Care Week from the foundation social media posts. For those not familiar with your story or the foundation, can you give us a little background on how you got started and what motivated you to create the Faces, the Faces Foundation? Of course. My uh, husband, Phil Lampka, passed away from complications of an interstitial lung disease back in 2005. At that time and through our journey, I had no idea what a respiratory therapist did. I thought you plugged our his oxygen in the wall, and if his nose was dry, you put something in his cannula. Well, boy, was I wrong. I found out that you are with us, the rep- respiratory therapist, from the day we're born to the day we die, and all those breathing challenges in between. So I wanted to find a way not only to deal with my grief, but also to promote this profession that is truly the unsung heroes of the respiratory community, of the healthcare community, excuse me. So I formed the FACES Foundation, Family and Caregiver Education and Support in the area of pulmonary illnesses and diseases of the lungs. Our signature program is the Phil Award, my husband's name, standing for Pulmonary Health and Illnesses of the Lungs. It's the only national hospital-based program that honors respiratory therapists as nominated mainly by patients, family members, and other caregivers. We started, got our 501c3 back in 2006, and we now are in 29 states with over 120 hospitals, and we just keep growing. It helps the hospitals retain, recruit, and recognize outstanding respiratory therapists it gives the respiratory therapists a um, thank you from their from their patients and, and, and family members, and we're giving patients a voice. Well, I think it's great. You guys have expanded so much because I know when we spoke in 2014, there was only 16 participating hospitals at that point. Absolutely. There is a need. There's obviously a need because, unfortunately, respiratory is not understood by the patients and family members often, and often not by the hospital administration. So when it comes to cutting costs and other things, because of this lack of understanding, often respiratory is the first one to be cut, and that's so unfortunate. I mean, during my husband's illness, the respiratory therapist was um, the one when his walls of his lung became so um, hard that he, he the breath couldn't get through. They turned his bed upside down so that... Uh, he could find a way for the breath to get out. They taught me the clomping method they use on cystic fibrosis children to break up the congestion. And he just, his last days had trouble with every mask there was. And for some reason, the crazy bypass mask, which I call the Jason mask with all the uh, pressure, was the only thing that worked for him. So the RT came in early for her shift and scoured the hospital for this one mask. And then it was you, the respiratory therapist, that was with me when he passed, holding my hand. So I do understand and I I have a passion for the profession and I I definitely want to see it move forward. And the the respiratory therapist has to have pride in themselves too. They need to walk into that patient's room and say, hi, I'm your respiratory therapist and let them know what you do. Because so often 
what the respiratory therapist does, the patient's not aware of. They wake up and they, they're looking at a nurse, they're giving them credit, or they don't know what to, to call you. So it's really important that the community is educated in what it is the respiratory therapist provides. I agree. Sometimes we're, we, we do say we are the unsung heroes of the healthcare community. But with that, it's, it's amazing how you went through this loss of your husband and it motivated you to create an organization that now is within so many hospitals and, and continues to expand. With that, for an organization that's interested in the Phil Award, if this is the first time they're hearing about it, hopefully there's a manager out there that says, you know what, this would be great to help our staff get motivated. Um, you know, it's kind of like the respiratory therapist of the year, but in a in a manner that the hospital can choose how the 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 therapists are nominated. How do they get involved, or how does that hospital have control over that award um, requirements? Okay, what they need to do is go to our website, which is thefacesfoundation.org, and they will find um, a way to communicate to us and information, request information, and then we will get them out, a uh, email them an information packet. And if they are interested um, but have questions, we can do an implementation or a call, not an implementation call, but a call about the program and answer questions with uh, anyone that they would like on the call. And then if they decide to uh, that this is what they want to pursue, then they can um, send a um, we will send them a commitment form and they can get that back to us. There is a fee per hospital based on how many awards they do, et cetera. And I can discuss that with them based on their their budgets and, and what they're looking to do. We provide the Faces Foundation provides templates for a nominating brochure for a poster. Uh, we provide, we help walk you through the whole process as to how you get nominations. It's up to the hospital as to when they do the award. A lot of hospitals do it during respiratory week, but you know, you're getting a lot of recognition that week. So I like it when it's spread out uh, at some other time during the year. And it's very similar to the DAISY Award for nursing, if you have that in your hospital, because anytime a nurse gets a DAISY Award, I see so many people Google awards for respiratory and we get a lot of information requests at that time so we and then what they receive once they decide they're going to be part of the program and that then we the, pick their honoree we provide the um fill award and you'll see it on our website which is a pewter st uh, statue that has a figure in the back that represents the respiratory therapist and it has the butterfly with its wings open in their hands, which represents the lungs. So you, the respiratory therapist, have our lungs in your hands and you're giving us the freedom to breathe. We also provide a little lapel pin that has a butterfly and says Phil Award Honoree and a, a signed and framed certificate. And then we pay for your registration to your state's um, annual meeting. Um, so there, there's a lot there because we believe in continuing education. So that that is so, so important. And if you haven't seen the Phil Award, I, I definitely say go to the facesfoundation.org. Um, it's a beautiful statue. I think it's it's very eye catching. And it, whoever designed it did an amazing job. It was an effort of family and friends. So, so that's that's what's so good. So was the name and the acronyms and all of that. Yeah, to be able to to bring it 
bring everything together and, and celebrate your husband as well. I know since we last talked, um, the foundation has partnered with the AERC on the National Patient Advocacy Award. Um, could you tell us a little bit about that one? Because that one is new to me also. Yes, this started, we did our third award this year, the National Respiratory Patient Advocacy Award. Uh, it is a collaboration with the with American Association of Respiratory Care, AARC. And you do not have to be a Phil Award partner to um, nominate someone. It's an award that's given out um, at the Patient Advocacy Summit, which is the day before the actual Congress opens. So next year, it'll be the day before the Congress in Orlando. And what happens is that we want nominations from supervisors, administrators of respiratory therapists, wherever they work across the continuum. It can be from a hospital, long-term, short-term care, clinics, home care, et cetera. We want that person that goes that extra step in patient advocacy. And the nominations will be on the AARC website and the facesfoundation.org sometime probably late January, early February. And we have a form that asks how to support why this person is nominated and why they should be a recipient of this award. So it's amazing. This year, our nominations were incredible. And a Kayleen Horn from um, a Vident uh, Hospital in uh, Greenville, North Carolina, received the award. She's a pediatric asthma man manager, and she's just fantastic. Um, and we had two finalists. So it, it is just a wonderful way. And the Patient Advocacy Summit is something that the AARC has been doing for five years. And what they do is they bring together patients, their caregivers, a panel of people to answer questions. And it's, you know, a session devoted to patients and, and, and letting them ask their questions and getting answers out. And then we honor a pa this patient advocate of the year respiratory therapist. That definitely sounds like a, a great opportunity to highlight the merging of patients and respiratory therapists in a, in a different venue outside of the hospital uh, where it's more of a conversational piece. Because I know that when we're dealing with patients in the clinic and in the hospital, that makes that relationship very medical. So being outside of that, I think, is probably very engaging. Well, it is. And it's also emphasizing the fact that these respiratory therapists that are chosen or are nominated, they recognize the person, not just the person and not just the uh, illness and the patient. And it's, this is so important because that person needs to be attended to. And the stories of how respiratory therapists go beyond to advocate for their patients, to provide them and their families with what they need is, is just incredible. And patient advocacy is so important. We are all caregivers, even the respiratory therapists are, if we're caregivers for our own family members. So this is a very important award. And um, you can see that award on our website too, and also at the AERC. And that's another pewter statue that is just gorgeous. It has three figures kind of with their hands up, holding the butterfly on top. And it represents the team that it takes to have the best outcomes possible when dealing pulmonary with pulmonary illnesses and diseases of the lung. So with that, I know you've had you've got to hear a lot of different stories. Are there any stories that stand out that um, you might be able to highlight from the different Phil Awards or the the patient advocacy? Yes, I have uh, 
one uh, that uh, the respiratory therapist, and sometimes you have to do what you know is best for your patient and not necessarily ask for permission. So there was a Down syndrome child that was in the hospital during her state's first um, major snowfall. And her family always had a tradition of making a snowman together, et cetera. So she was very down. And the respiratory therapist found these giant tubs. I don't know if they were for bathing or whatever, but she went out and actually um, got snow and put it in these, these tubs and came back to her room. And they built her, the patient and the, the father built a snowman. And that is, and now if she would have asked permission, she may not have been able to do it, but she did it. The hospital recognized, and she's just being nominated for so many awards because she was a true, true patient advocate. Um, and it's it's just, you know, the patient and the national patient advocate, they even go beyond. They go out there to develop programs within their hospital that are going to, to help patients. Uh, Kayleen was instrumental in, in dealing with our this year's recipient of the national award of uh, setting up um, procedures to find out in the field if there were problems, why children kept going back into the hospital for their asthma. And she found a home that was just full of mold and other things. And she worked with legal services and other people to get these this family moved. And that child has not had any emergency room or hospitalization since then. So it's it's very important. I think it shows that holistic care, you know, that we do, we're taking care of people and it's not just in the hospital. It's sometimes going uh, that there's a approach called upstream medicine. I don't know if you're familiar with that, where you're, you're, you're going into that, you know, where we work, where we live, where we play, that sometimes our health is it's associated to those things. So going and taking that extra step or that deeper dive to make those connections that sometimes, you know, aren't in that typical questionnaire that you have when you're asking patients about their, their home lives, you know, and, and then sometimes they can be embarrassed, you know, who wants to say, yes, I have cockroaches in my home or, or mold in my home. And it's because, it, because it's out of their control. You know, sometimes there isn't a choice that they are in like a Section 8 housing or whatnot, that they can't really control the environment and they don't know how to go about those measures to help themselves. So taking those extra steps to help people who don't necessarily realize what's available or what programs are available. That is so true. I know uh, one hospital I worked for had a, a lawyer that had like a little pro bono office and sometimes just a, the letter from the lawyer to the landlord was enough to motivate the landlord to make the change that needed to happen. Mm-hmm. Because then they they knew somebody was looking out for that person. Oh, abs- absolutely. So, I mean, it's just the respiratory therapist is, is so important. And as I said earlier, I believe they're with us from the day we're born, the day we die, and all our breathing challenges in between. And we just don't say thank you. I mean, in fact, when I go into a hospital, I will find out what color the respiratory therapist is wearing and I'll go up and give them a hug and they look at me like I'm some creature from another planet, but I just say thank you. Your patients don't often thank you and their family members. And we're thanking you and we're thanking your team. Well, I think it's amazing that you went 
basically out of your way to develop this award. And if there's any organization that's interested in learning more about it and how to participate, definitely visit thefacesfoundation.org and get a hold of Charmin and her team because I think that it's, it's a great opportunity. I know that you currently do you would you be open? I know that we have some listeners in other countries. Could we expand the Phil Award internationally? Oh, it would be nice to do that at some point. I Obviously, I want to get all 50 states. I'm not quite there yet. But if they contact me, I will do my best to see if we, it may not move forward today, but see if we can make it move forward in the near, near future. That sounds great. So, Charmin, I think... Thank you for your enthusiasm and celebrating the respiratory therapist. Um, it's amazing that you created this organization and it, it, it's rolled so much. I think it's it's doubled to tripled in in the time that since 2014, since the last time we had a, a, a discussion. So it's it's great to see that it's being such so well received from organizations. And, and getting respiratory therapists recognized. Because I know sometimes, you know, as a respiratory therapist working, you kind of feel like you're, you get looked over. And especially if your organization has the DAISY Award, you know, it, it would be nice to, to have that counterpart because respiratory therapy and nursing are the largest allied health directly at the bedside with the patients, you know, day to day. There's other allied healths that, you know, come in and, and, and assist. But we're with those patients in the ICU, in the acute care wards regularly, right beside the nursing staff. So to be equally as recognized for the work is is would be beneficial for morale in an organization. Oh, absolutely. And both awards are so important. The Daisy Award and and the Phil Award. And it's just they work together in nursing and respiratory, and they, and they do truly appreciate each other. So it's just nice to give patients and family members an opportunity to say thank you to the respiratory therapist along with the nurses. And if you guys are interested, I would check out the Faces Foundation's Twitter, Instagram, Facebook page where they're highlighting these therapists and posting it. I know I saw you a lot on my news feed uh, during respiratory care week. So I think it, it's great for respiratory therapists to also see how their colleagues are being recognized within their organizations. Right. You're a team across the country, across the world, and you need to communicate, share ideas, and work together. All right. Well, thank you so much, Sharman. I look forward to getting to see you uh, next year at AARC 2020 in Orlando. Me too, Tabitha. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Have a good day. You too.